Life flies along at the speed of life. Your velocity blurs the edges of cognition. So how's it going as you zoom through reality? Welcome to our new series, Velocity. We're going to look at the ancient book of wisdom, Ecclesiastes. In the Old Testament, there are five books of wisdom, and we're going to look at Solomon's great tome of what is life about? What is this we are doing? And we all know that it's happening at a rapid speed. It's happening at such a rapid speed that we have all kinds of messages coming at us all the time. And even our commercials, they they come at us fast, 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 because they know that we are all living faster than we we can sustain. This, This particular commercial I really love because it's by Toyota and it shows a modern family and how their philosophy is blurring the edges of cognition. in about 30 seconds, plus a birthday party, plus flying around and and they congratulate each other. They're getting it done. But are they really getting it done or is it just too fast? Velocity, what's it like in your life right now? In my life, it's it's going fast all the time. The other the other night I decided, you know, we didn't have time for for a regular sit-down dinner. So I went to one of my favorite quick dinner places. Chick-fil-A, the moon was out. The moon was, oh, there's the the blue sky. There it is, the moon was out. And it was shining over the Chick-fil-A restaurant up at Hilltop. So I go flying in there. I get Gail what I know she likes. I get what I know I like. I get home. I deliver it. It We sit down, and and she says, where's the ketchup? All of a sudden, I realize this is one of those marital break-it-or-make-it moments, you know? It's like they come along you know, with great velocity, great velocity sometimes. So I go, ketchup, only the grandchildren use the ketchup to dip the nuggets. And she says words that just broke my heart. Did you never notice me using the ketchup? This is like, this is marriage happening real time, in real ketchup time. So I decided, like, how am I going to fix this? I want to fix this. I'm I'm a guy. I want to fix it. I want to do something. I want to get better. I want to be pro-better in my life. And so I went out and I put together a survival kit. This is a first aid kit for Chick-fil-A ketchup, okay? So it's an all-purpose first aid kit, spirit night, Chick-fil-A tonight. And on the inside, what do you have if you have emergencies at home on the inside, you open it up, and there it is. You got ketchup. You got Band-Aids. You got Neosporin. You got ketchup. As a matter of fact, I've made a commitment to my, to my marriage, to my future, that I'm always going to carry ketchup with me. I have one here right now. If, if right now you need ketchup, I got it, okay, because I want to live a better life. I want to slow down and enjoy the ketchup ride, okay? So you got to do things like this because life is moving so fast. And as it moves so fast, we all know that we really want something else. And I was wondering, like, what is that something else that we all want? And I think this is it. Wish I could ask you, how was your day? We may be different, but also the same. Sweet. 
You can feel it. How many people are feeling it right now? You're just feeling it. It's like you want the baby and the dog. You want a moment where it just all comes together and it's warm and it's fuzzy and you feel loved and you feel like it's all going to be okay. We, we know we really want that. But how do we get that? We are driven by the velocity of life. We are defeated by the velocity of life. We are diminished by the velocity of life. We somehow know in our souls we are more than the velocity of life. From Billy Joel's plaintive piano man story to Kermit's someday we'll find it, someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection to the hope swelling in the voice of Dorothy singing somewhere over the rainbow to the mesmerizing children's movie Frozen where the lyrics from the featured song Rage into the cold night. My power flurries through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. Here I stand in the light of day. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. Somehow we know in our souls we are more than the velocity of life. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. Kids don't even know what the word fractals means. But that's, a, a, that's a sort of a, a hidden meaning for all of us adults who watch that. And we go, I know what a fractal means. And I've just lost three just the last minute or two of my life. I'm losing fractals all the time. So what is going on with this velocity, velocity of life thing? We all want the baby and the dog, but we're caught up going faster and faster and faster. The king arose in the night. A full moon illuminated his steps on the cold stones. His shadow loomed large on the wall of the palace. He couldn't figure it out. It rattled him, especially on nights when he tried to think about his effectiveness as a king. Men and women looked to him for wisdom. A nation needed to know that his mind was secure and serene. But tonight it was as if everything he thought was true was flying to the stars in smoke. His great success seemed only a chasing after the desert winds, a futile grasping for the sands of time. So it had to come to this moment. He must stop chasing and start thinking. He would examine life and his life together. He would distill the truth of existence from the experiences God had given him. And he would leave this truth as a shining marker to guide the ones who would come after him. Maybe God would illuminate his mind. He gazed toward the moon, took a deep breath, and prayed God would guide his quest. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. These are the words of the quester, David's son and king in Jerusalem. Smoke, nothing but smoke. That's what the quester says. There's nothing to anything. It's all smoke. What's there to show for a lifetime of work, a lifetime of working your fingers to the bone? One generation goes its way, the next one arrives. But nothing changes 
It's business as usual for old planet Earth. The sun comes up and the sun goes down, then does it again and again, the same old round. The wind blows south, the wind blows north. Around and around and around it blows. Blowing this way, then that. The whirling, erratic wind. All the rivers flow into the sea, but the sea never fills up. The rivers keep flowing to the same old place and then start all over and do it again. Everything's boring, utterly boring. No one can find any meaning in it. Boring to the eye, boring to the ear. What was will be again. What happened will happen again. There's nothing new on this earth. Year after year, it's the same old thing. Does someone call out, hey, this is new? Don't get excited. It's the same old story. Nobody remembers what happened yesterday and the things that will happen tomorrow. Nobody will remember them either. Don't count on being remembered. Don't count on being remembered. Call me Quester. I've been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I looked most carefully into everything, searched out all that is done on this earth. And let me tell you, there's not much to write home about. God hasn't made it easy for us. I've seen it all. I've seen it all, and it's nothing but smoke, smoke and spitting into the wind. Life's a corkscrew that can't be straightened, a minus that won't add up. I said to myself, I know more, and I'm wiser than anyone before me in Jerusalem. I've stockpiled wisdom and knowledge. What I finally concluded is that so-called wisdom and knowledge are mindless and witless. Nothing. Nothing but spitting into the wind. Much learning earns you much trouble. The more you know, the more you hurt. The Hebrew word hable, vanity, has the sense of emptiness, futility, absurdity. And as you are familiar with this passage of scripture from other translations like the King James or the New American Standard Bible or the New International Version, it reads more like this. I have seen all things that are done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and a chase after wind. All is emptiness, all is futility, all is absurdity. With a ferocious velocity, we chase after the wind, almost catching it, almost grasping it with the tips of our anticipating fingers, only to never quite get there and to one day realize it was all a sham. And that's the day. And that's the day that you can choose to live, really live. And so Solomon writes this amazing story. He looks at life from from all different angles, and we'll, we'll do that together. And he will get to an ending. He will get to a point where he realizes that what he can't really understand really is the most important thing of all. And so let's take this, this journey of velocity together. The why questions of Ecclesiastes drive us. Why is life so hard? Why is life unfair? Why are people unkind? Why did the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the American League East? Just said that for you, Joni. Uh, Please, please have a little bit of respect. You are in church, a little bit of respect. Why did that happen to me, her, us, them? 
What's God's purpose in all of this? Why is there so much corruption? Why did the hurricane, the divorce, the economy, the lack of security, the injustice crash into my life? One writer put it this way. When the storm hits, we are worn out by the wise. In Ecclesiastes 1, Solomon wears us out with the wise. So what's driving us? What's driving us is that as we are flying through life, we're trying to answer the big questions of life with limited knowledge. We have a limitation on our knowledge. We can't really figure it out. So with this limited knowledge, we, we, we try to figure it out. We drive and drive and drive, and we just never quite get there. It reminds me of something that C.S. Lewis wrote a long time ago in his book called Miracles. Christianity does not involve, does not involve the belief that all things were made for man. It does involve the belief that God loves man and for his sake became man and died. I have not succeeded in seeing how what we know about the size of the universe affects the credibility of this doctrine one way or the other. And so the brilliant mind of C.S. Lewis says, basically, you look around and you look around and you look at the universe and all the things that surround you and you look at this planet that revolves and, and travels around a sun and three, a star in 365 days and, and you ask questions, but it doesn't really matter, really, because you're never going to figure it out. You're just going to report some things that you see in the universe in which you live, but you still don't know why you're here. The revelation, the only thing you can know is what God has revealed, and he has revealed everything in his son. And so C.S. Lewis ends this way, Christ did not die for, for men because they were intrinsically worth dying for, but because he is intrinsically love and therefore loves infinitely. And so C.S. Lewis gives us a hint about velocity, that it's got to be something more than velocity. It's got to be something more than speed. It has to be something that comes out of the very heart of God, which John put down very succinctly in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Call me the quester. I've been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I looked most carefully into everything, searched out all that is done on this earth. And let me tell you, there's not much to write home about. Life's a corkscrew that can't be straightened, a minus that won't add up. And so life comes at us, and we have to answer the tests of life. And so I'm going to call these seven tests velocity tests this morning. These are the tests that each of us must grapple with. Each of us must answer. We must find integrity in answering these, these issues, these tests, because this will define the very essence of who we are. It will define what will take us beyond just our velocity. The seven velocity tests of your life. The first one is life will test your character. Life will test your character. And I'm just going to give you a quick quote from one of the greatest business minds of the 20th century, Peter Drucker. He said this, efficiency is doing things right. Efficiency 
is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. Your character will be forged in effectiveness. Now, it's, it's okay to be efficient, efficiency, doing right things, but you can do right things your whole life and never make an impact. You can do right things all of your life and check off all the boxes and never understand what God wants to do in you and through you. It's in effectiveness that you find your character. It's in effectiveness that you find out who you are. It's in effectiveness that God's will can be revealed through you. Effectiveness is doing the right things. Are you just being efficient? Or are you being effective these days? Are you flying at a speed of efficiency, getting it all done, getting it all, getting to the birthday party, getting to the soccer game, getting it all done, blowing out the candles, there it is? Or are you really pondering, what are the right things that I can do that will make the biggest impact in my life and in the lives of those around me? Life will test your character. Life will test your faith. Let's look at what we're doing with this legacy campaign that Joe was, was talking about. Um, we, we, I did three messages in September. They're all available on the app or online. Legacy vision, legacy courage, legacy faith. It reminds me very much of 1 John 2, 6, one of my favorite verses. I, I memorized this verse. I think it was the first year that I was following Christ, 1971. If we say we believe in him, we should walk in the same way that he walked. If we say we believe in him, if we say we believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, then our lives should reflect the things that his life reflected while he was here, while he was here walking around with us. And one of the big things that Jesus was doing when he was here is he was teaching about faith. He was teaching about the importance of faith. He was teaching about the power of faith. He was teaching about the simplicity of faith and yet the enormity of faith. And so life is always going to, to be a test of our faith, how we understand the depth of what it means to be called by God into doing great things in the world. I, I, I can't encourage you enough to lean in to what we're doing right now with Legacy. Lean in. Say yes to, to opening up your home. Say yes to a conversation because the future is being written in your hearts today by the faith, by the depth of faith that we all have together, not just by the depth of faith that you have, but, but by the depth of faith that we all have together because God is always working in a community of faith. God is always present in a community of faith. God is always driving into the future in a community of faith. Life will test your faith. Life will test your capacity to forgive. Sometimes when we talk about forgiveness, we talk about how we need to forgive somebody else. But there's one part of forgiveness that's important to look at all the time. Uh, in a chapter that I wrote about forgiveness, I said there's reset button forgiveness, there's process forgiveness, there's faith forgiveness, and there's boundary forgiveness. Boundary forgiveness is about I forgive, but we can't do this anymore. But then I said there's a fifth kind of forgiveness. It's solo forgiveness where you have to forgive yourself. You have to understand where, where you didn't cut it or you didn't get there. And, and you got to forgive yourself. In her book, Present Over Perfect, Shauna Nequist 
writes a great chapter about forgiving herself. Something had gotten tangled up between Aaron and me that week. I can't even remember what it was, but I made some comment to my brother about the joys of matrimony. He's single and profoundly independent. I know our messy, loud kid house makes him half crazy. But that night he said, I think you and Aaron are really brave. Look what you've done. Look what you've built. You've built a marriage, a home, a family. You've stayed with it even when it was hard. You're patient with the kids even when that's hard. I think that's brave. He was right, I realized. Brave doesn't always involve grand gestures. Sometimes brave looks more like staying when you want to leave. Telling the truth when all you want to do is change the subject. Sometimes obedience means climbing a mountain. Sometimes obedience means staying home. Sometimes brave looks like building something big and shiny. Sometimes it means dismantling a machine that threatened to overshadow much more important things. Brave is staying put when I'm addicted to rushing. Brave is forgiving myself. Brave is listening instead of talking. Brave is articulating my feelings, especially when the feelings are sad or scared or fragile instead of confident or happy or light. Brave is walking away from the strike while the iron's hot mentality that pervades our culture. Brave is being intentional about taking your marriage from fine to can't live without you because fine is not fine at all. It's easier to be impressive to strangers than it is to be consistently kind behind the scenes. It's easier to show up and be a hit for an hour than it is to get down on the floor with your kids when you're so tired and your eyes are screaming and bone dry. It's easier to be charming on a conference call than it is to traverse the distance between you and your spouse, the distance you created. For me, being brave is trusting that what my God is asking of me, what my family and community is asking from me is totally different than what our culture says I should do. Sometimes brave looks boring, and that's totally, absolutely okay. Brave is forgiving myself. Life will test your capacity to forgive. Life will test your faith. Life will test your character. Life will test your comprehension of love. I said your comprehension of love. We live in a culture that thinks love is all about feeling stuff. And while, while love sometimes produces feelings, love from God's perspective is not about feelings at all. Love is about something you, you are going to do. Love is about something that you want to create. And life will test your comprehension of love. And we all really want to know about this. We all really, really want to live this. And because it's such a great human desire, it comes through in, in pictures and words and, and things that surround us all the time. I, I watched with Gail, This Is Us, the, the premiere of the second season. I watched it Wednesday night. We had to DVR it because of the velocity of life on Tuesday. So we DVR'd and then we, we watched it on, on Wednesday night. And I was, I was sort of knocked back on my heels with the opening as the scenes began to, to roll. 
And you know, if you've watched this, you see all these generations back and forth, and you almost have to have a seatbelt on while you're watching it on the couch because, because you're going from childhood to adulthood and this generation to that generation. And, and a baby who was born uh, a, a long time ago who's now an old man who's about to die, and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And it, it, really, it really has a velocity all unto itself. But the way that it opened with this voiceover just grabbed my heart. Things not said, advice not given, envelopes unstamped, regrets enveloping me, the pain, the secrets. Oh, to be given a chance, a start, the restart, the fresh start. Will love come for you as it did for me? Find you, wreck you, save you, change you, find you, wreck you, save you, change you. And if life breaks for you the way it would not break for me, if love hunts you, finds you, captures you, will you hold it tight, nurture it, protect it? I hope you will. I hope you can. Love is something that you are going to do with your life. Love is something that you are going to create with your life. And so life will test your comprehension of love. And it really needs to match up with God's understanding of love. Or you'll miss almost everything. Life will test your character, your faith, your capacity to forgive, your comprehension of love. Life will test your vision what you see for the long haul of your days, for the decades as they start to, to put together a picture of what you are hoping for beyond all things. Uh, I pulled a, a quote that goes back to April 3rd, the year 2000 from Newsweek, and I thought this could have been written yesterday about our culture and, and who we are in terms of testing our vision. This generation is trying to build a house of obligation on a foundation of choice. Translated in the way my mind understands that is everybody wants to do what they want to do, the way they want to do it, and when they want to do it, and, and there's not a lot of care or concern about what other people want to do and when they want to do it and how they want to do it. And so you, ha you have a lot of chaos. And a lot of chaos is, is what Tom Brokaw observed and he talked about Tuesday night at the Norfolk Forum. A lot of chaos out there. The result, as it was written in Newsweek, the result won't be some decline of Roman cataclysm. It's more likely to be a national shallowness. All these compromises mean you don't want to delve too deeply. Don't want to delve too deeply. Let's, let's just compromise things. You aim for decency, but not saintliness. Civility, but not truth. It's hard to imagine a last judgment. Instead, maybe there'll be a last discussion. Or maybe there'll just be a final tweet. 
You can't build a house of obligation on a foundation of choice, my friends. And so life will test your vision, your vision of what you see, your vision of what it is that you really, really hope for, your vision of are you really building your house upon a rock or is it being built on sand? Life will test your commitment to responsibility. Your commitment to responsibility. And so I, I usually don't watch Thursday night football, but I was ready on Thursday night. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. I love that. Love that intro stuff. It just gets you ready. Are you ready for some football? But I was watching Thursday night because I, I wanted to see what was going to happen. Maybe you were watching because you wanted to see what was going to happen. Because there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of talk, a lot of tweets, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of debate, a lot of opinions. Opinions a dime a dozen on this, right? The kneeling. Is it, is it right? Is it wrong? What's going on? What's going on with the NFL? What's going on with our, with our nation? What's going on in our society? And so I thought, I'm going to see this. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. And so the Packers came out, and they, they lined up on the sideline. As they were led to do this by their able quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, they linked arms. They linked arms, and they stood there while the national anthem was being sung. And the Bears lined up. This is the, the biggest rivalry in, in the history of the NFL. The Bears lined up on the other sideline. And they linked arms. And they stood as the national anthem was being played. And everybody at Lambeau Field, all the, all the good people in Wisconsin, and everybody that came there, whether they came from Chicago or from anywhere else in the country or around the world, they stood and they linked arms as the national anthem was played. Because as Aaron Rodgers stated, we wanted this to be a sign of unity and love. This is a football game. Get the ball in the end zone. Who's going to go to the Super Bowl? But for a moment, that was all suspended. It was a moment of unity and love. A moment of great responsibility that we all needed to see. Life will test your resolve and resilience. Life will test your commitment to responsibility. There are only three kinds of people change. John Maxwell put it this way. I've always said that the three times people change are, one, when they hurt enough that they have to, two, when they learn enough that they want to, or three, when they receive enough that they're able to. In other words, they have to feel the heat, see the light, or receive the strength. Feel the heat, see the light, or receive the strength. You see, life will test your resolve and resilience. So where are you feeling the heat right now? That's where you need to 
to double down on your resolve and resilience? Where are you seeing the light right now? Where are you, you're figuring it out finally and you know what God wants you to do and you're all in for that. And where are you receiving the strength? Where are you finding that there's a power greater than yourself that cannot just restore you to sanity, as it says in the 12 steps, but a power greater than yourself that drives every moment of your velocity-laden days. A power that says, hang in there for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you. Slow down here for a minute. Let's have a little conversation. Let's get this right. Let's just not get it done. Let's get it right. Let's not just be efficient. Let's be effective. So you have these seven velocity tests of your life. Life will test your character, your faith, your capacity to forgive, your comprehension of love, your vision, your commitment to responsibility, and your resolve and your resilience. And everybody wants the baby and the dog. Everybody wants the baby and the dog. But maybe, maybe it's something more, maybe it's something more important than that. And maybe that's what we're gonna find out as we as we roll through this, this ancient book. Maybe this is something we'll figure out as we, we throttle back just a little bit and we slow down to hear what God is, is saying to us. We're driven by the velocity of life. We're defeated by the velocity of life. We're diminished by the velocity of life. We somehow know in our souls we're more than the velocity of life. Please join me on a journey that allows Solomon, the king of Israel from long ago, to speak into our souls. Dear Heavenly Father, We pray that your wisdom and grace would be upon us now. We pray that we will be discerning about the speed of our lives. Father, it's got to be more than, than velocity. It's got to be more than the baby and the dog. We know that it's more. Father, rain your wisdom down upon us. That in moments like this, we know that we can hold on to each other. That in unity and in love, with you, with you, great things can be done. Give our lives to you again today. In Jesus' name, amen.